It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. We've got Jamie on the production, Speed Racer on the music, and of course... I'm here, and for what that's worth, uh, we got a show for you. And we continue our Wonder Women uh, in September, and I am joined this morning by the president of the Florida Sports Foundation, Miss Angela Adams Suggs. And President Suggs, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to have you here, and everybody needs to understand a couple things. President of the Florida Sports Foundation, it is not something you just... Uh, you know, graduate from college, Angela, and decide to apply for. This is something that you get rewarded for your past work. And we want everybody to understand what the Florida Foundation, the Florida Sports Foundation does. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you so We're much. We're all very proud of you in this community. But tell our listeners, what does the, the uh, foundation do, Angela? So the Florida Sports Foundation is the sports tourism and development arm for the state of Florida. And we, as we say in our tagline, promote and invite people to come and play in Florida from all around the world. Uh, from our international opportunities, our domestic opportunities, all across the board, from professional, amateur, recreational, and leisure, uh, the Florida Sports Foundation is a hub, if you will, to provide support to our local communities through the sports commissions, of course, our professional f- sports franchises and the ownership that chooses Florida uh, to bring over 50,000 jobs uh, to the state of Florida through those leagues. And many of the youth and other amateur sporting opportunities that you see in the state of Florida. And so I'm honored. Uh, we're, we're a part of Enterprise Florida. And the, the governor, of course, is the chair of the board for Enterprise Florida. And with that, uh, we are just honored to serve and be a part of a collective team of people and uh, organizations like the Orange Bowl oh, uh, Committee. Yeah, I know about that. <laughs> and uh, others in terms of making Florida the best place to play in the entire world. Let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Can you get everybody tickets? Can we get tickets to the Dolphins, to the Jaguars, to the Heat? Can we call President Suggs and get tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. You can call and get the link for purchase. There you go. Okay, <laughs> you right. can call and find a way out. to support. I, wanted, I want <laughs> listeners to think that we got access to tickets here. We don't. But we do have the state's leader uh, in the Florida Sports Foundation, who, by the way, got her stripes, uh, a lot of her stripes, um, from FAMU. That's right. Um, go you, Rattlers. You were a leader in FAMU Athletics Department for a very long time um, and quite successfully in that role. Uh, all of us knew you uh, and your work over there. Let's, let's get a little personal before we go forward. Uh, what, what do you miss most about your former role at FAMU? The student athletes and the fans. Um, being in external affairs, I was also fortunate enough to uh, serve in the capacity of senior woman administrator. And so I had those duties as well. And typically, the senior woman administrator uh, has an internal background, compliance, athletics, uh, right. academics okay. uh, for the student athletes and that kind of thing. Uh, I was uh, somewhat of a, a new spin uh, in terms of that position. And I maintain my external responsibility 
responsibilities. And so much of it in terms of supporting uh, some great leaders. You uh, went through a lot of athletic directors <laughs> over there. Uh, I had a now, chance to work with some great folks. Why don't you go over there and be athletic director? Oh, man. No? We- <laughs> I'm putting on the spot, y'all. I'm putting on the spot. Well, listen, I just got a text from another good rattler, a good friend of yours, Daryl Jones, who just said, how many athletic directors survive Angela Sub? So <laughs> I'll let you deal with him on that. No, right? I will deal with him on that. <laughs> so listen, let me ask you this. As, as a woman in leadership, period, in sports, and I, I, let me introduce this question a little bit because um, I think a lot of people think because uh, a lot of folks on the field and on the, on the hardwood and in a lot of sports, it's very diverse, that they think that that the leadership, the executive offices are diverse. And I know in my time working with college sports that it's absolutely not. It's not that diverse. And you got a double whammy, right? Because when you're in most room, Angela Suggs, you are not only the only African-American, but you're also typically uh, and often the, uh, the only woman in the room. How do you... How do you stay focused on what you're there to do and what kind of pressure does that put on you? Sure. And so for me, it goes back uh, to my upbringing. I'm a hybrid uh, if you will, of a of a child uh, born to a dad who was born in nineteen nineteen. A good good Kappa man. That's right. Good Kappa That's man. right. I'm gonna put Beta Speed Zeta, Racer, put on greater. the Kappa song real quick. Let's see if, <laughs> let's see if Angela can shimmy. <laughs> With that and and my mom uh, born in the thirties, both of them, my dad in Alabama, my mom in Georgia. She picked tobacco in the morning, then went on to uh, go into the Hall of Fame after graduating from Savannah State in basketball. Uh, but to go from those humble beginnings in South Georgia, Amsterdam, right across the uh, Florida, Georgia line, if you will, and my dad born in Marengo County, Alabama, I have a different understanding, right, of the civil rights movement. Remember, I said 1919. That yes, means World War II veteran. I know this. Uh, Listen, he was almost one of the founders of Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, there you go. On digs, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> with that, um, there was a different type of work ethic, right, that was instilled in me. And to show that, I've always gravitated towards a results-oriented uh, position or sure. career, mm-hmm. uh, one where the numbers don't lie. And so I did business economics in undergrad and uh, went immediately into sales and spent a large part of my life in sales. And even at FAMU, on the external side of the things, either we're always in the top three, uh, the top five in tough years in terms of FCS attendance, and that's not just HBCUs, but that's all FCS programs. Either we're that or we're not, right? No matter what anyone thinks, uh, those numbers will rank themselves out. And when FAMU shows themselves there, we're there. The question about being a woman in the room, I just add up the points and see what... I was wondering where you were going with What that. we can trying, do. What you were trying... To avoid thought, the question. I thought you were trying not to answer my question. Well, right. To bring that, bring but, home, to bring yeah. that background in there is to show that we're always results-oriented. Uh, through my career path, I worked for the Brown and Brown uh, organization insurance uh, conglomerate based in Daytona. And their mascot is the cheetah. Uh, for its strength and its speed. But also there is a culture of meritocracy 
And in terms of performance and the merit of what you do and what you bring, right. uh, that's where uh, Tony Grippa gave me a chance and is a huge mentor uh, of mine. And Tony taught me, it doesn't matter what you plan to do. What did you do? Okay. And uh, so I like that being a woman uh, in that space. um, I've had a lot of great leaders. My mom uh, was a great leader in that whole track through Savannah State. She went to Syracuse University in the 1950s. Right, right. Uh, So talking about first. So your your family (laughs) is no stranger to what you're actually going through. But I think the nature of the question is it hadn't changed. No, right. it hasn't changed. And, and, Title and you Nine should, is you shouldn't have to to go through that, but sure. but it but it says a lot about right. the strength that you bring to the table. Sure, because listen, you're you're noticed in a room because I've been in the room with you for more than that. You're noticed because of your intellect and your presence, and that's what we celebrate all the time when we think of Angela Suggs. Let me ask you another question um, to stay a little bit personal on this. Um, as a woman in leadership, how do you think we encourage more girls and women and young women to pursue jobs in the athletic industry? Sure. As I mentioned, uh, Dav and my husband and I have a 13 year old daughter, Dylan Ashley, and I think of her all the time Mm -hmm. uh, and what I do what kind of example am I setting what kind of work ethic Uh, again uh, I speak about my upbringing all the time because of course my mom was taught to be able to get a job as a domestic person or at best a teacher and so that is not so far removed as it relates to my generation in terms of what parents taught us to do get a good job stay there 30 years 40 years 50 years retire and what's all this moving around you know what's all this uh doing that and then so as it relates to women you know do you did you take home economics well now there is no home economics now uh we are fortunate to make things better and so in the sports space as we now uh, i read an article last week as a matter of fact that the first Three games uh, for Pitt, I believe it was. And looking at that, she faced two other women that were that are athletic directors at the Power Five Conference Division One level. Okay, we don't know that that's ever happened before. Yeah, yeah. we don't know how that will happen uh, moving forward. (laughs) And so, with that, it's Penn State, Pitt, and UVA. One of those at UVA, Carla Williams, happens to be Carla's awesome, a a, a black female, African American woman, and so it's changing. But how do we continue to make sure that my father uh, said once that we've got to stop wanting equality at a discount? Oh, okay. All right. And, I don't know how to respond to that. And so I like discounts. <laughs> what we what we want though is to be able to have our value to measure up. Now, is that realistic? That has some ways to go, right? right because right, right. Uh, perspective but a, but is reality. Goal. But it's a, but it's a great goal, and it's a great thing to teach our kids. That's right. right. That, that uh, you know, nothing. There's no reward that's that that's easy, right? That's right. Um, that comes easy. Um, so listen, your job now. Uh, look, the fun part we see on social media. You know, you you're you know you're 
uh, fraternizing with the teams. I mean, there's no professional team that doesn't know who Angela Suggs is in Florida. Uh, and that is amazing because you have to work with them. They're, um, of course, the governor and other uh, people that professionals that sit on the Enterprise Florida board all know Angela Suggs. But how can we better leverage our robust, robust athletic and sports related assets here in Florida even more uh, as a sports destination uh, before the rest of the nation and realize and really utilize sports as an economic driver. And that's the best part of this opportunity uh, in terms of my service is that we get to promote what sports contributes to quality of life for everyone. Right, right. Uh, not just from for the most of us, a spectator perspective in terms of enjoying uh, the entertainment value of uh, professional sports. And I would add that Florida has the most professional sports franchise of any state state in the country. And so uh, Florida is amazing for that. But sports, as we all know, and we hear from all over the place is that it crosses both aisles. It uh, it crosses religions, race, creed, it color, brings, it everything. Brings it brings it's the us one all. Thing that, that in a stadium, you could be sitting next to uh, anybody from any faith, from any race. That's right. Uh, and for that moment, you can cheer for as the long same as you team. Guys are, have the same colors on. That's right. You can cheer for the same team. You can high five. You can do all of that. Sports is a, an amazing um, collaborator. That's right. And you can cheer for the same person. And with right. that, we add to that our amateur uh, sports opportunities, right? Uh, we from travel ball and every parent that's listening knows that the youth sports space is huge. It's a world all in and to itself. It's right. time consuming. It's a, and it's an investment, right. uh, not right. just of resources, but again, of your time. And so from that avenue, Florida has it all. And so from a resource perspective, we have rural we have lakes. We have oceans. We have it all. We, and we have got great weather uh, until hurricane comes. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in and it's been a great interview, we're, we're here with Angela Suggs, the president of Florida Sports Foundation and one of Tallahassee's own. And we're really, really proud of her. Angela, in this Wonder Woman uh, uh, month, we have been doing at the end of the interview something called a lightning round. And I want to do it with you because you're a fun person. I think I'll have fun. <laughs> doing this with you. So I just ask you a simple question. You answer it real quickly and we go on and try to get as many as we can before we sign off here. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. I see the lightning bolts. The cues are sending them in. I see the lightning bolts. Uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron? LeBron. He's a great family man. Okay. Four team NCAA football playoff or eight? Eight. Dang. Uh, Favorite sports sport to watch? Football. Favorite sport to play? Golf. All right. Best sports movie ever made. Any given Sunday. Dang, that's wrong, too. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We know one of our friends here, you and I have a mutual friend. His walkout song was uh, Walk It Like I Talk It. What's your walkout song? I'm Every Woman. Okay. All right. Favorite Netflix being show. House of Cards. There you go. Real good. Best sports moment of all time. Ooh, I'll just go recent. Uh, The U.S. uh, soccer team uh, taking it all. Okay. All right. We're actually going to have the coach uh, on the show soon. Hopefully, waiting on Jamie to land that. Make it happen. Make it happen, Jamie. Listen, Angela. Thank you so much for coming on this show. 
Thank you. Uh, and thanks for coming on this month because I think you fit so well with us celebrating all these wonderful women who are doing big, big things. So we want to have you back because we know your job is constant and there's always big things going on with it. And we want to next time talk numbers, how you changed it from where you are, where you started to where you are well, whatever period that we do that in. So can we get a commitment on that? Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much. And I'm just honored to serve and uh, be with you with Wonder Women. All right. Wonder Woman's my favorite. All right. Hang in there. Don't go anywhere. This is the Sean Pittman Show. We're getting close to concluding the Wonder Women Month, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Angela Suggs. Thank you. Everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back with a Pittman Point. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And, guys, this week we're going to do something a little different with Pittman Point. I'm going to share Pittman Point with a good friend of mine, Dr. Mindroll. Do y'all know Mindroll? Do you remember Mindroll? Uh, superstar football player for the Florida State Seminoles, uh, Rhodes Scholar, and now a Harvard uh, trained doctor. Uh, Dr. Rowe, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome to the show. And I just wanted to, for the listeners, I wanted to take a few minutes with Dr. Rowe today uh, because uh, Dr. Rowe is on the ground in the Bahamas. And many of you, all his fans, the people who know him, and Doc, you got a lot of fans, uh, you know he's of Bahamian descent, and you know he's he, he's worn that proudly as long as I have known him for sure. And uh, he is one of their proud, one of the sons they're they're most proud of, and he is on the ground as Doctor Roll and helping with um, all the things that are going on there. And Doctor Roll, I just want to ask you in this couple minutes that I got you, uh, what are you seeing on the ground there? Well, it's uh, you know it's, it's devastating, sure. You know, the Hurricane Dorian has um, has affected a large part of uh, the northern part of the Bahamas especially Abaco and Grand Bahama. I'm currently on Grand Bahama Island, and the east part of the island has had um, tremendous uh, damage to structural properties, infrastructure, power lines, waters out, uh, clinics and police stations, schools have all been leveled, um, and, uh, and some even cars uh, and boats are in the water, um, you know, topped over, and uh, you know, people have been displaced. But now I'm starting to see individuals who live in these areas starting to come back home and sort of pick up the pieces and try to rebuild. My purpose of being here uh, as uh, you know, a neurosurgery um, doctor from uh, Mass General up at Harvard is to uh, provide medical care and sort of fill in the gap for the chronic conditions of patients who have been managed by clinics out in these remote areas of the Bahamas um, and in Grand Bahamas specifically uh, who don't have anywhere to go. Now they're looking for medication. They're looking for wound care to be taken care of. They're looking for urgent care needs. And my team here, um, along partnering with an NGO called the International Medical Corps, is sort of filling that void. I think people are starting to think forward and think about tomorrow, think about how to rebuild, how to restart. The morale is, is, is high, I would say. Uh, we're very no, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, very spiritual, very faith-based. So there's a lot of thoughts about, you know, helping your brothers, helping your neighbors, and, and how God's going to pull us through. But the practical work is actually getting going, and it's uh, very encouraging, for sure. So, Dr. Roll, I mean, obviously, um, the Bahamas is a is an incredible place, lovely 
um, um, family oriented and, and Florida and the United States have such a great relationship and historical relationship with the Bahamas, um, uh, which is a little different than what we're seeing from the federal government at this time, the treatment of, of Bahamian people who want to be here. But in your particular purpose for being there, talking about the at-risk communities such as the elderly and patients who are or even patients who are pregnant or small children are you finding uh it it difficult to do what you need to do based on uh, whether they're at risk at risk or otherwise yes for sure you know we actually helped deliver a baby the other day a mother who was pregnant and we were trying to send her to Nassau where you know the storm really just had a little bit of flooding um but you know she and the baby said, we're coming right now. And uh, there was no other <laughs> right. choice, so we had to do it. Um, yeah, the elderly community that, you know, has uh, chronic conditions and medications and these things that have been managed for years, um, they are, you know, can get lost uh, to follow up. They can get lost in the, the shuffle and in the pursuits of trying to recover. So we've really focused our efforts on, as you mentioned, these very vulnerable populations uh, who have lost connectivity. They don't know how to connect to anyone to, say that they need help or say that they need assistance, we've actually gone out into the community and tried to be that voice and be that, that fill that they that they potentially need. So uh, we have an effort in doing this. There's other NGOs on the ground here trying to do the same. And the Ministry of Health has really done a great job, in my opinion, of trying to coordinate all these teams that all come with altruistic values and, and the intentions of good, uh, trying to get us all to do right things and not overlap services, but try to definitely serve the people here who need it the most. Well, Dr. Rowe, we know we also know how very, very personal this is for you. How is it? How is it for you? Um, you're from the Bahamas. You have family there, but you're there to work. Um, how do you balance the two? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, when I first started hearing about the storm, you know, it was through WhatsApp. All my family was telling me that they were safe. Thankfully, most of my family is in Exuma uh, and also Nassau. They didn't have any family really in uh, Grand Bahama or Abaco, but. Hey, Exuma, that's that's where the pigs swim, right? Is that Exuma? That's right. That's right. right. Okay. That is Exuma. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so most you know, most of them were okay. They just had some flooding, some roofing damage, but lives were not lost, thankfully. However, you know, the Bahamas are so small, it's so closely knit. You know, you know someone or you know someone who knows someone who might be missing or lost a lot. And, uh, and so it, it affected me. It hurt me. Uh, and I was, you know, I was thinking, what can I do all the way up here in Boston? I called... Our hospital at Mass General, I said, is there a disaster response team that's going down uh, to the Bahamas? If there is, I'd like to be there uh, because this means a lot to me, not, to not only just give my professional care, but also as a son of the soil coming back, hopefully can draw inspiration for some some people to say, you know what, our, our best and our brightest are trying to come back and do, do what we can. And that's, you know, that's not just me. It's consistent with Buddy Heald and John Claude Jones and Rick Fox and, and others who you know are Bahamians around the world who are, you know, just drawing their attention back to the country and it's um hopefully it's helping and hopefully it's uh helping the morale and pushing us forward well dr Rowe, thank you again and thanks for taking the time i know you got to get back to patience but to our listeners the Pittman point today is figure out what you can do to help uh our, our neighbors and our friends and our family members over in the bahamas uh because there's a lot of work to be done dr Rowe, thanks for being with us here on uh, the sean Pittman show and listeners we'll see you in seven